The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Nerds, discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Get ready for your spring sci-fi celebrations, including First Contact Day and May the 4th with Toink exclusives that are out of this world. Use code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off of your order. Another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3. Ken, Derek, myself, Mike. How are you guys doing? Not bad. Getting ready for a couple of really, really busy weekends for me. Yeah, I hear that. We got a convention and a um, festival over the next two weekends that we're doing. That's cool. You're still doing your wrestling too, right? Yeah, well, actually, I had to skip a show because Vicky's got the two art shows. So, yeah, I've had wrestling shows the last two weekends. Still call you champ? Oh, yeah. Okay. I have to share the matches with you. Yeah, that show last weekend I had two matches: a pre-show match and a regular match. Wow! Anybody who watches, if you check out on YouTube, um, RCW Rubber City Wrestling, uh, the shows should be coming up sometime soon. Every Thursday night they put up Global, and um, the matches from the show last weekend should be coming up on there soon. Very cool. How about you, Derek? How are you doing? I'm all right. Everything's quiet in my neck of the woods. <laughs> of course, you could catch Derek and I as well over on Weeby Geeks, which we have an interview this week. Uh, folks from uh, the Tubi show, Barbie Rehab. Ah. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> it's, Man, it's a fun Tubi little show. More and more going on there. I mean, that is your place. If you want to go back and just remember your childhood, you go to Tubi because everything is there. Yeah, and it's also been great for a lot of the independent filmmakers and show creators. Yeah. So, um, but uh, check out the homepage. I know it's behind. I'm getting it caught up. Um, But WookieRadio.net, support our affiliates. uh, Helping them helps us. Also, too, uh, stay tuned to our YouTube channel, uh, WeBeGeeks YouTube channel. It's 
Summer and I got together and we recorded a video about the stuff that Toink has will be dropping for pre-order on May 4th. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. And we're releasing that video on May 4th. And see, then he gives us this information now. He didn't even invite us to get on there. Know, right? uh, it was at, we recorded at like 1130 last night after I got done recording Mighty Marvel Geeks. Still wanted to have joined. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, but see, it's never <laughs> the chance to turn you down. I know you guys. Yeah, we're old. We turn into pumpkins. Yeah, I was already in way past, way long in bed by then. <laughs> um. But we also are doing a contest with Toink. We talk about that in the video that we'll be dropping on May 4th. I will say it is probably the one of the biggest contests we've done to date. I think it's one of the biggest Toink has done to date. I can't as wait well. to enter. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, the I, I the tried I tried to claim I tried to claim the prize last night for myself, but I realized, wait, no, I can't. Once again, the listeners of Wookie Radio get to get the shelf that we're not allowed to. <laughs> yeah. So um, but for Weeby Geeks and Mighty Marvel Geeks, I will say we are giving away uh, a lightsaber lamp, the smaller lamp, and a chrome Darth Vader mug, Darth Vader helmet nice. mug. So I want that dark saber lamp. That is not one of the four options. Uh, the four okay. options are uh, Luke's Return of the Jedi, uh, Obi Wan. Uh, basically a new hope or yeah, a new hope, uh, original trilogy saber, um, Vader and the Skywalker, uh, family saber, Anakin, Luke, Ray. Yeah. Just That's easier to say the Skywalker family. The, basically the, um, Skywalker hilt, the, um, yes. the Anakin's or Vader's are my favorite style hilt. And then it's, it's, I'd rather the blue blade over the red. Cause really Darth Vader's and Anakin's original, there's very similar. Yeah. Almost like you're made by the same guy. Yeah. So okay. I want to say Vader's hilt's based on a graphics flash stick as well, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah. That's what I said. Um, the Anakin's lightsaber, the one Luke gets originally and Vader's are very similar. Yeah. They're not the same, obviously, but they're similar. Yeah. So. Um, we were talking briefly before show about celebration. Celebration is roughly uh, a month away at the time of recording. Yeah. So well, next weekend, hopefully, but when we get the show for next week, there's actually a really big convention happening this weekend also. As we record, ICC Con in um, Nashville is this weekend, and I, like the entire cast of the Clone Wars, just about is there. Wow, they were they were just at Planet uh, Planet Con, yeah, uh, in Planet Kansas City this last weekend. He's doing very very few cons this year, and this is one of the ones he's doing. Yeah, well, with so. with Planet Con being in Kansas City, and that's where Tom Kane lives. Is that where they all um, went over to hang yes. out with him? Yes. Yes. I saw the picture of that. Yeah. Sam, Sam Kane. Really he's gone through Sam Kane, his daughter, um, which I'm still trying to get the two of them on the show, which if we do great. I know there won't be a lot of talking from Tom. It'll be mainly Sam, but uh, I would love to get them both on the show. So I'm, yeah. I'm still working on that. Um, but Ken, why don't you take us through uh, the panels at Celebration? Uh, yeah, just a second. As soon as it'll let me. Um, I'm going to go to the StarWars.com list. And mainly it's just showing uh, StarWars.com put up. Now, you can go to Cel Celebration's website of StarWarsCelebration.com to get the full list of everything that's going on. But the main um, big name panel stuff is going to be on the Galaxy stage and on the Twin Sun stage. And StarWars.com actually... Um, I believe it was today. Yeah, today put up a list of uh, the panels that are on going to be on there. Now, it's interesting that Thursday's show that there, there is no panel for Obi-Wan, no specific panel. 
But Thursday, all the panels end by four o'clock on the two main stages, yeah. which is early, even for Thursday. So I'm assuming that, and we know Friday is when Obi-Wan's premiering. So it'll be in the middle of the night on Friday. I think it's what, uh, midnight Pacific? Midnight Pacific, so yeah. Premiere. So um, about 3 a.m. or so here. And um, I'm assuming they're probably going to have, um, they'll announce either at the show, um, at the first panel here, or sometime right before that, they'll announce that there's going to be a panel later, or at least a screening of Obi-Wan, of the first two episodes on the big screen with a full, um, everybody in celebration that can fit into the halls in there. Right. That's everybody's assuming that's why they moved the show, the date and all this other stuff, so that they could do some big whoop to do a um, celebration. As of right now, this panel schedule doesn't have anything for it at all. So it's one of those conspicuous by its absence. But um, on Thursday, the first uh, first panel opens up everything is the Lucasfilm Studios Showcase, which is only an hour and a half. It's scheduled from 11 a.m. till 1230. Uh, live on the celebration stage, both the galaxy and the twin sun stages. It's the um, Star Wars Celebration Returns launching with a must-see showcase that will kick the weekend's festivities into hyperdrive. Lucasfilm's current crop of live-action filmmakers will be joining a special guest or by, joined by special guests to discuss many of Star Wars adventures coming soon, including Obi-Wan Kenobi and or Mandalorian. So, and I'm assuming this is going to be, this is probably going to where they're going to announce um, any new projects coming or anything like that. Also, right. Unless they save those for the closing ceremonies, which they've done before, which they have done before. Yes. And actually, as we were um, starting up the show, I saw a couple of other things that have come out because CinemaCon was this week. So I'm assuming you're going to cover some of that later. Yeah, actually, we're going to cover that next. Some of the other stuff, huh? We're going to cover that next. Yeah, because I saw there's some news about Acolyte. There's some news about some other things coming out on that. Um, But then we also that same day, we have um, one of my favorite Star Wars music guys, the aficionados and to discuss these things. David Collins is actually doing an Attack of the Chords music of episode two panel. That one would be amazing to see. Right. And then we have the first of two Lucasfilm publishing panels for this day. This one's the stories from a galaxy far, far away. Um, it's talks about from from adult novels to kids comics from the time of the high Republic to the rise of the first order. This is the place to dive deeper into the stories from a galaxy far, far away features featuring details on new and upcoming titles from Disney Lucasfilm press Del Rey, Dark Horse, and more. Oh, that's interesting. Dark Horse, but doesn't mention Marvel. We know Dark Horse is taking over the um, the young adult imprint, aren't they? Yes, they are. For the comics? Yeah. But it says, including all new announcements and reveals from a galaxy far, far away. Um, and then next up, the Emperor himself takes the stage once again. Ian McDermott, an audience with the Emperor. Then we get our um, the Star Wars collectibles update with Lucasfilm's Brian um, Merton. And then the second of the uh, panels. Now, we're going to get a little bit of High Republic in that first uh, book panel, but the next one is the High Republic for Light and Life. The centuries before the Skywalker saga, we all understand where the High Republic takes place. Join the join moderator and Star Wars High or the High Republic show host, uh, Christina Ariel, along with the luminous authors. Uh, Chris, Claudia Gray, Justina Ireland, Daniel Jose, Daniel Jose Older, Kevin Scott, and Charles Soule, along with Lucasfilm's James Watt, 
Mike and Michael uh, Siglin for an in-depth conversation about the golden age of the Jedi, including all new announcements and reveals from phase two quest for the Jedi or quest of the Jedi. And as of right now, the collectibles and that panel both end at four o'clock, like I said. Yeah. So I'm assuming they're going to have some kind of big event, probably about six o'clock. Possibly. Because then that'll finish by eight. And that's a, that's about the time to shut down the convention anyway. Or they do it at five, give everything an hour to reset. And at five o'clock, they do the um, big premiere or whatever they do. Typically, the convention shuts down about eight. Well, yeah. Last show, last panel is usually around uh, eight, eight thirty. The other possibility would be because they've done them before is that same night they shut down the convention about six o'clock or so and they do like an eight o'clock red carpet premiere somewhere typically we would already know about that going on because they'd have to have all the um invites and stuff going out already right well i know saturday uh the show will shut down a little early because there's a big event over at um disneyland yeah And it, now I'm looking at the podcast stage. Podcast stage, they have a show running at six or from five to six. Yeah, a couple of the other stages, the smaller stages are, are actually running later. Yeah. But the other days they have um, the main two main stages are running until seven or eight. Yeah. So that's what I said. Conspicuous by its absence, the both of those stages are shut down at four o'clock in the afternoon on the first day. So it'll be interesting to see. And we've got, like you said, we're a little over four weeks out from it now. So we know you never know that we may get something in the next couple of weeks saying, Hey, this is what's going on. Right. So, but Friday, everything kicks off again at 1230 and 1230 PM. And we start off with the summer of Lego star Wars. And this is your panel to find out what is coming from star Wars Lego. Oh, wait, this is join the Lego group and Lucasfilm as we celebrate the summer of Lego Star Wars. Panelists from across consumer products, games and animation will highlight all the ways fans can enjoy and interact with the Star Wars from the unique Lego lens. Dive into the expansive galaxy within the newly released Star Wars Le- or Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga video game. Discover brand new construction sets that are sure to keep you busy this year and learn even more about or even more ways to get your Lego Star Wars fix this summer. So that's kind of cool that I thought it was going to be just the, one of the things. No, this is going to be uh, your sets, your games, your shows and animation, all of it all in one. Yeah. So then we get another Star Wars publishing panel. This one's called Behind the Page. Uh, enjoy, explore the ga- the world of nonfiction, novelty, and behind-the-scenes books for fans of every age. Featuring details of exciting new and upcoming titles from Abrams, DK, Inside Editions, and more. Uh, and, uh, and they all say, yeah, you get all the, and it says just like all of them includes all new announcements and reveals. So I know DK makes all the cool, um, behind the scenes or kind of like in universe, not in universe fact books and stuff. Mm. But, um, inside editions is all the cookbooks and stuff, isn't it? Yes. Uh, them in, uh, Chronicle books, Okay, which is part of inside Chronicle is part of inside editions. Yeah. Chronicle also is the one that did the in universe guides of your smuggler's guide and, um, Book of the Sith, Book of the Jedi, or yep. Path of the Jedi, all those. Which I have all those books. I have Which one, Abrams? Who does? What does Abrams put out usually? Uh, I don't remember. I'll have to look that up later. I don't remember. Well, the next one is, um, it's not a Star Wars celebration without celebrating the anniversary of something. Well, the next panel here is the Star Wars Attack of the Clones 20th anniversary celebration. Yeah. The Shroud of Darkness, has, the Shroud of the Dark Side has fallen. Join us as we celebrate 20th, the 20th anniversary of Star Wars Attack of the Clones, the movie that not only introduced a lightsaber-wielding Yoda, 
a coming of age Anakin Skywalker and clones. It's also ushered in a new era of digital cinema, which two decades later has become an industry standard. And special guests and behind the scenes content will be revealed in this can't miss commemorative or that commemoration of the 2002 epic. This one, I would not be surprised if two of the special guests were not um, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Because you know they're going to be here, even though they're not announced to be here. They're going to be here for any of the Obi-Wan stuff. So Then next up, we get a, um, a Disney panel, a Star Wars merchandise sneak peek, Disney Parks, and Shop Disney. This is going to be everything that's coming up, coming soon from available exclusively at the parks and on the website. Then next, we get the ILMX Lab virtual reality um panel or yeah panel on tales from the galaxy's edge and then we get the the panel that gets everybody all excited until they realize they can't get any of it anyway it's the hasbro star wars panel Mm -hmm. it's going to be you can't touch any of it you can't get it you can't afford it even if you could it's a panel that you couldn't get into exactly because it's not there oh it's there it's out there in front of you but you can't get it it's not available it's already sold out it's sold out before they even had the panel I I've been to a Hasbro panel at Celebration and it was one of the most driest panels I'd ever been to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wa- wa- watching us watching snail races was more exciting than that panel. <laughs> they don't have the right. They didn't have the right moderators. No, it was it was the panelists. Yeah. I mean, yes, I would love to get designers on the show. And I know we could really do something with the designers. But whoever was up there at the time, it was like, <sighs> It, it didn't help paint dry any faster. Yeah. So. Well, according to this, this one says the attendees will get an in-depth look at Hasbro's latest action figures, obviously, and premium role play offerings from throughout the saga. The, um, the word on the holonet is there may also be a few surprises. All these panels are going to have surprises. That's the whole point of having panels at a show with a captive audience of Star Wars fans. Yeah. Next up, you get um, at four o'clock in the afternoon. From a galaxy far, far away to a Disney park near you. A chronological journey through Star Wars experiences at Disney parks around the world, starting with the earliest collaborations between Disney and Lucasfilm, um, Captain EO, and Star Tours, leading all the way up through the newest immersive experiences, Galaxy's Edge, uh, the Galactic Star Cruiser, and the Star Wars Hyperspace Lounge on the Disney Cruise Lines. Correct. And then after that, you can go straight from that panel into, uh, let's see, uh, it's in a different stage, but you get right into the 35 years of Star Tours Adventures with D23. Can't believe it's been 35 years. Wow. Yep. I still haven't had a chance to ride it. I have, I, I can say I have, I have ridden both versions, the original and uh, 2.0, which is what's there currently. Okay. But uh, after that, this one would be a fun one. Let's play Star Wars, a, ta- a galaxy of tabletop games. Ooh. Hmm. So this one's going to um, have three of Asmodee's tabletop gaming studios, Atomic Mass Games, Fantasy Flight Games, and Z-Man Games as they explore the process of making Star Wars games, reveal behind-the-scenes secrets, and provide glimpses of upcoming releases. It says bring a bag. You may even leave with a few games of your own. I'm jealous. Yeah, I am absolutely jealous. I love I I love the look of some of their, um, especially the newer tabletop actually um, games that from Fantasy Flight and stuff. It's just one I've not don't have enough space for some of those. Right. It's, it's like I don't paint figures and stuff, and a lot of them come unpainted. So, but they're aiming oh, at yeah. the people. Some of the miniatures games they've got are amazing. 
I haven't painted in forever. I've, I, yeah, I've never painted. I'm, I'm not good at it. I, I used to paint when I played when I played back in college. Yeah, it's buy, been a long I just time. Buy the stuff and let my wife do it. She does all the painting anyway. She's a painter. I'm not. Um, then the I last panel of the no day. No patience for miniature painting. Yeah. See here, the last panel of the day ends at 7:30 on the Twin Sun stage. It's behind the audiobook, making an original star audio or an audio original Star Wars adventure. Okay. RH Audio. So it's get the inside scoop of how Star Wars audiobooks originals, including Doctor Aphra and Tempest Runner, are brought to life from con- conception to recording. Moderated by PRH Audio executive producer Nick. Uh, Martorelli. And then everybody wake up and get ready. To, well, where we're at, we don't have to wake up that early because the 11 o'clock panel is like 2 o'clock in the afternoon for us. Right. But mm. start at 11 a.m. on uh, and uh, you get Mando Plus, a conversation with Favreau and Filoni. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a good one because the two of them get together and Dave Filoni knows how to work the crowd. He's got plenty of experience working with Celebration crowds. So you know they're going to have plenty of fun stuff in this. Uh, it says in appearance at, huh? I was going to say, I, I could say that from experience mm-hmm. because having, um, you know, with Celebration, the Rebels panel and then the, the Rebels press, re, uh, pr- uh, press event. Yeah. Yeah, there's another panel I don't think I've seen on here that I want to um, bring up once I get through this list. I got to open up a different tab here. Okay. Now, uh, where was I? Roll down, scroll down. There it is. Yeah, it says in their first appearance since at Star Wars Celebration since the premiere of The Mandalorian, the season one, Favreau and Filoni with special guests, um, with special guests for a look, uh, join them for a look back and look ahead of what's to come. Followed immediately after that on the celebration stage by behind the scenes of The Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett. Oh, no, it's an hour later. So that's from 12, uh, 11 to 12 is the Mando Plus. At one o'clock on the celebration stage, you get behind the scenes of Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Okay. And this is this one actually has um Beverly Floney and Robert Rodriguez. Um they'll talk share how the practical puppets and advanced animatronics, CG animation and cutting edge sound combined to bring the creatures to life. They will also illustrate how miniatures continue to play a role in visual effects and explain the latest advancements in virtual production from the ILM stagecraft team. That helped pioneer the technology. That's my kind of panel. Yeah. Well, then after that, you get um, over on the Galaxy stage. Actually, at the same time as this, you get the cosplay competition. That's always fun because the celebration, everybody goes all out. Yeah. yeah there is some major cosplay during celebration. Now, the next one is one I know you're going to be waiting for, Mike. Star Wars Hunters, welcome to the greatest show in the galaxy. Hey, uh, you've been looking at this game for a long time. I don't think I'm the only one amongst the three of us looking. I, I want to say Derek's been waiting as well. I, I still want to see what it's all about before I jump all into it for me. Uh, I want to say they've been inter- very intrigued. They have introduced some new characters. Yeah. As well. Ah, the next panel here that it talks about is the one I was looking for. But um, this one for Star Wars Hunters, it says on the planet of Vespara, the galaxy's greatest fighters assemble in the arena to compete for glory and credits. Uh-huh. Star Wars Hunters will introduce a unique original cast of characters facing off in thrilling 4v4 combat, arena combat. Uh, join the Zynga and the Lucasfilm teams to learn how this spectacle will come to life. Hear developer insights and see behind-the-scenes glimpses of upcoming content. That almost sounds like the game's already up. It's upcoming content that's coming. So the game may actually be closer to launch than you expect. Yeah. The next one is one that's really, really intriguing. 
it goes with other news that I've heard. We didn't cover it here, but um, I guess um, Kevin Kiner was doing an interview with someone. And he was saying that because um, they, they had asked about uh, any Star Wars stuff that's going on. And we know Kevin Kiner is the one who wrote all the music for the animation so far. He did Clone Wars and Rebels and Bad Batch, and I believe he did Resistance. But um, I guess he's they are working on a new animated series, is according to him. And he actually has full orchestra for every episode, which means that's a lot of money. You said animated series. New animated series that he's working on and um, full orchestra for every episode. So that's like Clone Wars level. Right. But um, in the next panel here, Tales of the Jedi. Now, one of the um, one of the rumors was it may have been the new Tales of the Jedi series. But it's not a series. It's a series of shorts. That's what this is, because, yeah, now we have a panel here. Um, it's going to, and this one's actually, they're explaining, they're planning on being a big one. Cause this is from the celebration stage. It'll be streamed onto the galaxy and twin sun stages. So this is going to be a three hall panel and it's introducing tales of the Jedi animated anthology shorts hosted by Amy Radcliffe and special guest Dave Filoni. So I don't think that, so I'm wondering what is the, we know they're working on a new animation series. This I don't think is it. No. So what is it that they're working on that it has the budget and production level to run full uh, orchestral uh, scores for every episode? You know, right? That's going to be interesting. But this one I'm excited about. Is this going to be basically um, updated um, version of the Tales of the Jedi comics? Oh, no. Or is this just they just using the name over again? I guess we've seen um there's been a a logo out for this already because the Christmas gifts last year for some of the Lucasfilm employees had the logo for this on it. It looks very similar to the old Dark Horse Tales of the Jedi logo. Yes. And everybody was speculating on what is that. So it, that I would I would be really excited if that if it is bringing some of those characters into the canon, which actually now is the right time to do it with them uh, reworking and um, reproducing and remastering the uh, Knights of the Old Republic game. Right. Since we're all in the same general time frame when you're talking in eons of game of uh, lore, you're within a couple hundred years of each other doing this and the Knights of the Old Republic. Right. So that'd be really sweet. And then we have um, another Mandalorian panel. It's Dung Chang designing the Mandalorian. And anybody who doesn't know the name Doug Chang, start looking it up. He has been everywhere since way back when. Mm-hmm. Did he come on for Phantom Menace or was he around before that? I think he may have come on for the um, special editions. Yeah, he may have been around for the special editions. Because he's um, the Mandalorian production designer and Lucasfilm vice president and executive creative director. The, and basically, he's in charge of all of the art stuff in general for Lucasfilm. Because this panel says um, he's got an in-depth talk about designing the characters, spaceships, and worlds of Star Wars' first live-action series of Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. He will share his design process and showcase rare artwork from to offer insight into Lucasfilm art department's creative process. <clears throat> He'll reveal the challenges they faced in developing memorable new characters like Grogu and the Mandalorian. Um, And then it also has a question and answer section. And then, uh, Mike, you get your Marvel Star Wars panel on Saturday. It it is now when Eric and I saw them here in 2017 at celebration um they had their own panel but they were also part of the publishing panel okay briefly uh i don't know what happened at 2019 in chicago but i mean with everything going on i will not be surprised if you have dark horse invited as well to cover what they're going to be doing for 
Marvel in the way of the kids comics because they kind of did with um, I want to say they possibly did with uh, IDW? ID, with IDW at the time. Well, I we don't know, remember. Uh, Dark Horse is part of the publishers panel on the first day, also. Yes. So I would I not mean, be I, would I would not be surprised if we, that one, so. yeah I would not be surprised if we see uh, CB Sabolsky part of that panel as well. Yeah. Well, that's who's doing this panel here. It's um, CB Sabolsky and some of Marvel's top talent. So Charles Soul will be there. Um, oh. Daniel, Daniel Jose Older, I think, also does book, comics, doesn't he? Yeah, he does kid books, but I think he's doing. Oh, he may be doing the High Republic. Um, but I know Soul's been doing a couple books. Um, basically, probably everybody doing books right now. I wouldn't be surprised if you see uh, whoever's doing Star Wars currently, uh, and uh, Star Wars Vader, Afra, those three. Uh, Crimson Rain is another big ongoing title at the moment, which you have Soul. I want to say Soul's doing um, Bounty Hunters as well. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if we get four or five authors up there and maybe one or two cover artists or, or, or book artists. Yeah, well, they have um, an entire hour there. So, yeah, they're going to bring in yeah. all kinds of there's a good five or six or seven different. Oh, yeah. there. And they're and, and along with the announcements that they're going to have. There's also going to be a lot of great teases, too. Uh, oh, yeah. That's that's typical Marvel. And, and it was a, a brilliant thing in 2017. So, well, immediately after that, on a different stage, you got to run to get over here because that ends at 530 at 530. Also, is the next of the actors taking the stage and we get IMC 3PO with Anthony Daniels, yep. which his stories are always fun. Yeah. And this is a, this. You got to remember, this is a man who's worked with Star Wars. As long as anybody else, and he's, I believe, still has holds the record for the most on-screen appearances in Star Wars. Yeah. He's been in every movie. He's been in everything. Was, it, was he in Solo? Yes. I don't think 3PO was. I think he was, though. Yeah. 3, 3PO and R2 have been in everything. Yeah. Um... I forgot where the apparent. I forgot where the cameo was for 3PO and R2. I gotta watch that movie again. It's been a minute. <laughs> Me but too. We round out the day on Saturday with the Del Rey behind the scenes panel, and it's join the Star Wars authors and book editors in de- for an in depth conversation about three of the most anticipated Star Wars stories coming in 2022: Brotherhood, Shadow of the Sith, and The Princess and the Scoundrel. That's from the prequels to the original trilogy to the sequel era. There is there are Star Wars books from Lucasfilm and Del Rey for everyone, and it's moderated by Del Rey senior editor uh, Tom Holler. Okay, C- and then on Sunday, C three PO and R two are not in Solo, but Anthony Daniels does make a cameo. Yeah, I thought he was yeah, there. That's what I thought. Yeah. Well, the next one is where we're going to get a lot some more information that we've been waiting on for a while because on Sunday morning, bright and early, eleven a.m. On the celebration stage, and this is another one that you know, so they're expecting it to be big because it's being streamed to the other two stages also. Star Wars, The Bad Batch Season 2. Yep. So we finally get the information about that. And uh, and when they did Rebels, talking about the final season, it was on a Sunday. Yeah. When this it, was only an hour long, but these yep. are only 22-minute episodes. So do not be surprised if they're like, oh, wait, here, why don't you guys see the premiere? <laughs> they, <laughs> they showed us the first two episodes of see of the final season of rebels. Yeah. So I, I will not be surprised. Well, this one has David Collins coming back to host the panel and he invites the executive producer and supervising director, Brad Rao, executive producer and head writer, Jen Corbett, uh, story editor, Matt Minkowitz, actors, Dee Bradley Baker, who is everybody and Michelle Lang, 
to discuss highlights of the first season of the acclaimed series, as well as some exciting hints of the what's to come in season two. And we will probably most definitely at least get the premiere date for season two. Oh yeah. I should hope so. <laughs> Dee Bradley Baker, if he doesn't have one yet, needs to have an Emmy because the amount of character, I mean, he needs to call Guinness for the amount of characters in one series playing <laughs> being played because he's every clone that's ever been on screen in star Wars animation. <laughs> yeah. Even though it's pretty much most of them have been the same voice over and over, it's still the different character. Oh yeah. Next, we get a look back at Star Wars Visions. Join the team, join team members from Lucas and uh, Cubic Pictures as they discuss the development and success of Star Wars Visions, hosted by longtime anime and Star Wars fan Chrissy uh, Vicentio. The panelists will share highlights from production, discuss how they worked with. Uh, Kamikaze Duga, Studio uh, Colorado, Gino Studio Trigger, uh, Kinema Citrus Co., uh, Production IG, and Science Saru to bring Star Wars visions to life uh, and show never before seen concept art and more. And, and I, there's only a, huh? I believe it's been announced too. There's going to be a second season. Uh, I do know they've announced the, the manga. Yes. I don't know about a second season of it. I believe there's I a second know. season coming as well. Well, next after that we get, this is one for us being Wookiee radio. We get a panel called the wonderful world of Wookiees. Why didn't we get a call to, uh, to moderate I know, this? We should be the ones moderating this one. Loyal allies, gifted pilots and skilled mechanics and fierce warriors. Wookiees have come to be many things in star Wars galaxy. Join Amy Radcliffe and special guest Jonas Suotomo, Carrie Jones and Charles soul for a Wookiee focused discussion that will include a tribute to Peter Mayhew. <laughs> Oh, nice. Okay, I'll accept that. Amy Ratcliffe can represent us there. Yeah. Especially since she, you know, has been a guest on the show. And I would consider her honorary smuggler. She she can represent us. So you got to somehow get her a Wookiee Radio shirt or a Wookiee Radio um, jersey or something that she's got to, so that she can try to see if we can get her to wear it during the panel. Uh, ooh. <laughs> something. <laughs> a hell pin or something. I. I I would love to you get. You gotta love to this happen, Mike. <laughs> I don't know if I could get her a polo in time, or I send her a polo. You got a month to make it happen. So there's only a couple left. I, I'll have to, on let me month. let me reach out to her before mm-hmm. before I commit to it. Let me reach out to her and see will she wear it at the panel if I send her a Wookie Radio T-shirt, <laughs> and she can have it in whatever color she wants. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, with all of the Mandalorian uh, and Book of Boba Fett and all this going on right now in the world of Star Wars, this is kind of apt. We get from one to three Star Wars, the Clone Wars, the Siege of Mandalore screening. Join host David Collins and special guests David Filo- Dave Filoni, Carrie Beck and Athena Portillo for a special screening of the Siege of Mandalore four episode arc. That makes the, the makes up the cinematic final chapter of the Clone Wars. Nice, interesting. So I'm wondering if some of the stuff that happens there doesn't tie into even more of what's going on. On well, we've been wondering Obviously. about season three of uh, Book of Boba or of uh, Mandalorian with Bo-Katan and everything else going on. Right. So, and the next one is one that is a staple of Star Wars celebration. There's usually a cantina panel or there's something that has to do with um, lots and lots of the creatures that have never been named and such. Well, this one's a behind the scenes, the creatures of the return of the Jedi um, oh, nice. special guests and return of the Je- return of the Jedi creature maker, Kirk Thatcher, along with 
FX artist Tom Spina from Regal Robot and Tom Spina Designs, Amy Radcliffe and um, Jason and Gabe from Blaster Blast Points podcast, as they turn their keen eyes towards the throne room scene in Jabba's hut, or Jabba of uh, the throne room of Jabba the hut, and the wondrous creatures of Return of the Jedi with the showcase on the rare images and stories from making of the film. They've done. They had what five or six or seven years of doing the um, original uh, cantina scene, yeah. trying to find and make sure they had every creature in their name. Looks like they're moving on now to Jabba's palace, <clears throat> which was the next really big scene with lots and lots of aliens. And then we wrap it up with a celebration in Anaheim closing ceremony. It says, "Gather your friends and fellow Star Wars fans together." and relive the best moments of the weekend bid farewell to another Star Wars celebration featuring special guests, weekend highlights, and much more. This is a send-off you won't want to miss. And it, usually there's some kind of big announcement, even all even if all it is is announcing when the next celebration is. I will not be surprised that they announce the next celebration, Europe. Or Japan. They've only done Japan once, haven't they? I want to say they've done it twice. But if they do Japan, they will do here. They'll do in the U.S. again at the same time. Yeah, because they've done that as well. But that's all they had on the list on StarWars.com. And that that's pretty. But like I said, it's strange that the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett are getting a lot of love there. But there's only one panel that even mentions um, Obi-Wan and um, Andor. And both of those are supposed to be about ready to go. Yeah. And they're all and that's on the just general overview panel. Yeah. And uh, I guess rumors I've seen running around is um, they got to be talking something because I heard um Acolyte, well, you, that's probably on your list. They, we have information about Acolyte coming. Uh, which was the other one that was well, getting ready to actually start filming again? Start filming. Um, well, here, here's the funny thing: there really wasn't anything at CinemaCon announced for Star yeah. Wars. Just Rogue Squadron still going to be released in 2023. Yeah, that's the one. It's getting ready to go start shooting. I guess finally. Uh, supposedly, it's still on hold, and there's a film in 2020. Five, yeah, film in 2025, in December of 2025, and 2027. So, mm. which I'm okay with two years between films. Yeah. If this is yeah. what's slated now. So, I'm okay with that. But uh, I will say, I was not expecting this much news. Um, so, I reached out to the Twitterverse and about topics to talk about tonight. Uh-oh. Yep. First up from Scott Chernoff. That name sound familiar? He is the writer of Bojack Horseman, School of Rock, and was a writer on Conan. Does voices oh. on Rick and Morty, um, Hot Streets, and Zertern. Zertern. He said lightsabers. Okay. So when I inquired what exactly about lightsabers, he replied back how awesome they are. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with lightsabers. Well, I know how awesome they are because I designed one and sent it in. I've designed one as well. I think we're still waiting on Derek. And we can see what <laughs> I, I just want to see what he thought of my design. What? <laughs> Derek's like, what? Huh? Huh? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I got to do mine. So, I don't know. I I kind I like. Um, I don't even know where to go with this. <laughs> but what's your favorite lightsaber that you think of off the top of your head? That I have physically seen. Well, just in Star Wars that you know of. Oh, in Star Wars. What do you... Well, start with that. What's your favorite one you can think of? Well, when I mention a lightsaber, what pops in your head? Which one? I, I've i always been a fan of, of Vader's saber. I just love the look of it. It's just for you know, me... It pops I, in your head, Derek. 
What? Go ahead, Mike. It's just for me, if if I own one, I would love to get one from Rebel Sabres and change the color to green, which is what I would use. And Derek? I would have to say that um, I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite, but when I think of lightsabers, one thing that pops in my head is the first time I saw uh, Darth Maul hit that second blade. Oh, extend yeah, the second the blade. Open. I was just, yeah, I was just amazed. I was like, holy moly, there's two. You got to think, though. That also, they, that was the focal point of the first trailer for the Phantom Menace. I mean, everything they showed in the yes. tra- that first trailer was awesome. And then out of nowhere, the, the everything settles down about half. It's about halfway through the trailer when that shows up, isn't it? Yeah. Everything settles down. Mm. It's open. You see Darth Maul stand there. He whips out the blade and lays down in red on one side. Then all of a sudden, the other side opens up. And no, everybody's like, holy crap. What is that? Mm-hmm. I think it's right near the end. And then it fades to fan- Star Wars, the Phantom Menace, coming soon. Yeah. So, you like, don't see him do anything with it. He just stands there and lights it. That's all you need. And that's what sold that movie. They could they could have put no other trailers out, period. And it would have been – it would have done <laughs> – Spectacular in theaters. Lucas killed That's him off. Mm-hmm. Lucas killed him off way too soon. Well, yep. also he knew because um, the rule of two was his rule, right? And he knew what was coming. You can't bring in Vader if there's another Sith running around, according to his rules, right? So he needed a villain for the first movie, and he knew the second and third movies basically Vader would be your villain once you get to him. But but they there's no but yeah, but there's no reason why he couldn't. More. There's no reason why he couldn't have been quote unquote killed off mid Attack of the Clones or yeah. Be- yeah. before Dooku or had like it would have been it would have been kind of cool to see, you know, Vader Anakin face off against Maul to t- take, you know, to take his place. Yeah, that would have been kind of cool, I think. Yeah. And what are we talking about? He didn't kill him off because we've we get him all the way through till uh, about halfway to um, A New Hope. <laughs> Half Robo Mall, but hey, that's a part of being the same. <laughs> yeah, but at the time of the films, we did not know that. Yeah, but he did get yeah. kind of an awesome um, finish. I mean, that, how awesome was Obi Wan without a nowhere? Flips up and over and cuts him in half. Yeah, that was a great finish to that duel. Yeah, really, now, how could it you was duel satisfactorily and still have Maul alive? Now we, really? now we, yeah. we've, we've teased that we're well, we're working with Rebel Sabers to design a saber. Each one of us designing a saber, uh, hopefully potentially for them to sell on their site. Yeah. Um. What obviously you're gonna have a rainbow of colors to choose from with it. What color will your saber be? Mine, if I had the choice, would probably be blue because my favorite saber. We didn't cover that, but if I think of lightsaber, the first thing that pops in my head oh, is um, Luke's. Okay, or Anakin's. Okay, which is basically like we, like I said earlier in the show, that's the same as uh, it's very similar to Vader's. I like the grip, the feel, the look of that saber. It's the saga. It's the saga saber. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like I said, I love Vader saber. I love the look of the hill. When I get around to getting one, um, specifically from Rebel Sabers, I will be put making mine green. I, w- I would be choosing the green color for it. It's, that's what I want for my blade. Yeah. I mean, I have a master's replica, an old master's replica Vader lightsaber. Um, and of course, it is the traditional red. But no, I, I will do the I will do the green with it for when I'm using it. Um, going back okay so ken's doing blue pretty much i i said i'm doing green derek color uh i'm not sure um i will say since zoe's got her saber from rebel sabers we have she has gone from purple to white to currently orange i kind of like the orange 
Yeah, I used to rock. Yeah, it's a little different. I rocked orange with uh, Jedi Academy and Jedi. Uh, I definitely fall in order. I, I use the orange, uh, but I also did it in uh, Jedi Academy and um, Jedi Academy Two, Jedi Outcast. Yeah, you know where there was the codes where you could go in and change your saber color. I went orange because it was different. Well, another one that's really always been cool is um, when you see the yellow sabers. Yeah, I don't know if it's part of me yeah. jumping in from childhood that it looks like Thunderstar, Th- Thunder's Sun Sword. Yeah, but it's still. <laughs> you gotta think the first lightsaber toy you've anybody ever saw was yellow. Luke's lightsaber on the original Luke Skywalker action figure, the one that slid out of his arm, was the yellow lightsaber, if I remember right. It was also too the original inflatable flashlight lightsaber, where the blade was the 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 blow up inflatable blade that you attached to the, the flashlight was yellow. Ah, It was a yellow blade. And now we have had one yellow blade on screen live action too, because Ray's was yellow. Yeah. I, I haven't looked at, I need to go back and look at the arena scene. Do we not see a yellow in uh, I, well, no, 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 no. Remember, according to Lucas, you get um, purple or blue. That's it. Yeah. Uh, green or blue or not the purple blue. It's blue or green. Sorry. You got blue, green and then red for Sith. Right. But we did see yellow in Clone Wars yes. because the Temple Guard is yes. yellow. So um, I kind of like the idea of a white saber, but I don't know if that's what I would, you know. Well, yeah, I, I, I love the look of the um, black for the dark saber. Well, the, that is a beautiful yeah. blade. The, the colors. Yes. The, the colors do have meaning on why you have a specific color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes. See if I can find it real quick. I, I just had it up. <laughs> Uh, okay. So blue sabers were meant are are used by Jedi guardians. Green are carried by the consulars. Uh, yellow were the badge of office for sentinels. Basically our, our Jedi guard red, obviously Sith, uh, orange, which has come around. Um, they, they have, uh, according to this one site, there've been several lightsabers with an orange coloration. And this mostly has been used as a way for their users to have at least one distinct trait. Mm. And they go through and um and they and they go back through and uh Lavo is EU characters. They don't mention uh this is an older article for sure. Um yellow uh this really doesn't help. I mean it's a great site, but it's not the okay, blue. Typically wielded by the Guardians, green by the Consulars, red is the Sith, purple was brought in because, well, may, um, Samuel L. Jackson wanted to see himself on screen and be able to find himself quickly. Um, That's because when the baddest blank blank to ever wear robes um, says, I want a purple lightsaber, you give him a purple lightsaber. Yep. <laughs> um, That's right. Apparently, uh, it, purple can be seen. Out a window. Purple can be seen as a careful temperament between light and dark side from his wielder. Uh, according to Claudia Gray's novel, Master and Apprentice, the color is a manifestation of the properties of the Jedi bonding to his kyber crystal. Uh, yellow, some of the rarest blades to be wielded. Uh, Plo Kloon, Ahsoka Tano, and Ray have been known to utilize them on occasion, uh, but they were the primary color of the Jedi Sentinel. Um, the Sentinels were often employed as temple guards. Uh, white. See, the way I see white, I don't know if this story is going to agree. Um, I see white as having that, that shows that you, you may, you, you're force, force capable or have, or force sensitive, have been trained with the, with the saber, but you have no, no connections to the Jedi. That if, a, if, a, if a Jedi leaves on their own accord, they, they go to a colorless saber. 
I like that. I wonder where you got that idea. Was it maybe because the only white sabers we've ever seen was from the girl who left to light the Jedi Order and build her own? Yeah, but <laughs> when she got her sabers back in season seven of Clone Wars, they were blue. That's because the ones she made were white. Yeah. The blue ones she got back were the ones she had already made. Yep. Now we got black. We know the whole purpose behind black. Um, it was done. Um, it's the Mandalorian saber. Uh, and it's and it's also flat and curved like a traditional saber, not a not a beam uh, not a beam of energy. Like no, it wasn't curved. It's straight. It's straight. It's just, but it's actually more yeah, of a straight. sword shape. Yeah. It's flat. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's flat. But it's got the um the angle tip like a actual sword would. Yeah. Uh, then they say magenta right. uh, with a Legends character Mara Jade wielding a magenta blade. Uh, that would be that would be actually pretty accurate because she was um. Not quite, but almost Sith. She was dark side to start with. Yeah. Uh, orange, um, which we talk about Dark Forces and Jedi Knight, Dark Forces 2. Uh, Kyle Katan uses orange, uh, but it's also an option in Knights of the Old Republic. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, in, that, in that comic book, uh, it was a hue used by Mandalorian Knights. Uh, and of course, you know, a couple of other games, it's been a color option to choose from. Yeah, it's um, in uh, Jedi Fallen Order also, I believe. Yes. Because Jedi Fallen like- Order, it, it was the, if you did the pre-order originally, you got the orange option for the orange yeah yeah i liked um i liked in jedi fallen order when you could uh get to the point where you could just continually change your color yeah of your lightsaber yeah i typically uh when i got to the dual saber blade i did one green one orange i don't remember what i did i think i kept switching them every so so often (laughs) uh and then the last one uh screen rant mentions is bronze but that goes back to the legend days or the old eu that was lobaka's Mm. uh saber color i miss him i i read that entire series the young Jedi knights and uh, that was fun now i'm really gonna go deep with you guys on this one favorite lightsaber sound whose saber did you love the sound of the most to me, the uh, I don't know. I've never see. You're the sound guy. For me, it's like a lightsaber. Yeah, just sounds like a lightsaber. Yeah, I never noticed any difference. There, really, there are some differences. Well, obviously, when you look at listen to Kylo's because of the crackle of the unstable saber. Well, yeah. I mean, the dark saber has a different sound, um, but there are some differences within the sounds of the of the sabers. If you say so. Uh, for me, I'm I'm split between Dooku and Invaders. Uh, both have a, a little bit of a low grumble to their sound to their sounds, L- a little bit more low end and everything. See, this would be a question for uh, someone like a Matt Wood. Yes, you know we can this ask Matt. Makes lightsaber sounds. So is Ben Burt. Yeah, but he's retired at this point. No, he's still active. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. I thought he had retired. That's why um, Matt Wood was doing a lot of it now. Uh, he's not full time at Lucas anymore. Uh, ben Burt is he is the sound designer for the new animated feature strange world that releases later this year from disney so so yeah he's still active yeah i thought he was retired if he's working if he's working for disney he's still star wars adjacent yep. yeah yeah his, his current thing is he is a sound designer for strange world uh there is no listing of future projects so um, what are you still set 
pops out here and there. I think he's he, he's still credited for some of his original files being used for different rides and video games and whatnot. Yeah. So I mean, he still gets credited for that. But at this point in time, I would think he he he's probably comfortable enough with the money he's made that he he doesn't have to do as many projects. So yeah. Now, um, here's a, I have a statement, and here's another question about lightsabers. Uh, number one, the statement, I wish we had gotten more, uh, more of a chance to see Ray's evil uh, dark lightsaber. Um, Switchback. That was a cool saber. Th- that was interesting. I would like to have seen more of it. Yeah. Well, that one. And my question is, what the trailer did a tease very similar to what they did in The Phantom Menace. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, what are we doing with this? And then you see it in a flash and then that's it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now, would you? How would you guys prefer to wield your lightsaber? Would, do you like single blade, double blade, uh, two lightsabers? What would you guys prefer? Uh, me personally, I would go single. I wouldn't mind having the shorter one in case to do like Ahsoka did, but it would only. I wouldn't use it as often. But I, I would the primary battling. I would use one. Yeah, I'd be more traditional, but um, given the option, if I had a dual wield, it would have to be the shorter one. And usually it'd be like in a reverse grip for the small one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I went. I remember when I played Knights of the Old Republic, as soon as I could, I went to double sabers. But in, in reality, what would you do? Hand. That's what I would do. Okay. Now I know two, combat two sabers. I know combat style. Yes, there are there are specific styles for um, lightsaber combat. Me, I am more more of a traditional swordsman type aspect and more the medieval European style, which is not a true lightsaber style because there's not many flourishes, spins and body spins Mm. and all that. It's go out there (laughs) in a sense, imagine Braveheart with lightsabers. Yeah. It's basically broadsword. Yeah. And And if you think the original trilogy, that's basically what they did, what it was. Vader yeah, versus uh, Vader and Obi Wan. Yeah, broadsword fighting. Yeah, they didn't start adding the flourishes until Empire. Even then, they didn't really flourish it much. I mean, uh, no, yeah, a little bit, but it wasn't super flashy. Well, even with the broadswords or or regular combat swords, yeah, you're gonna do. You know, if you're not, I mean, if you're walking around taunting the other person, yeah, you're gonna spin that that blade around in your hand. You now, every now and then, or you or you may do a couple spins in front of you but i mean you're you're not gonna go in battle you're not gonna go full crazy like like we've seen in mo you know like we've seen in most star wars films with the with the flips with the full body spins and well in general in the concept of people's um the way they've designed lightsaber combat and stuff if i remember right there was somewhere that um originally they were Lucas's idea was that the lightsabers would be the weight of like a broadsword. They yeah. feel like a broadsword weight in your hand, even though it's an energy blade. That's why they had the combat so different because it was a heavy sword. Which is, we go back to that a little bit in Book of Boba Fett yeah. with Mandalorian or Din Djarin learning about the darksaber. But the other thing you have to remember is the Jedi have you know, force powers, which they can use to enhance their fighting as well. Yeah. Right. And their strength. Right. Right. Which so. is why they're able to do the flips and spins and stuff, but someone normal with lightsaber could turn it on and use it, but nowhere near what they could do. Right. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think the, the spins, the flourishes and all that, they look cool on screen. And sure. 
but I fell in love with this video um, on YouTube called Real Lightsaber Battle. It, it was an actual um, broadsword fight choreographer's take on, on the lightsaber battle. Mm-hmm. And it's a, the master putting his apprentice through the final trials. And the apprentice starts in with the flourishing, and, you know, all the spins. And it's like, oh, dead. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Um, if you haven't seen it, go check it out on YouTube. It's, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And I'm I like, this is the style that I I would fight. This is more my style, my my vibe. Yeah. Well, the flourishing stuff, um, if you're in a large army battle, like what you had the Genosis Arena or any of the battles of the um, Clone Wars, those would kind of make sense considering you think, um, if you watch, the Jedi are not only fighting what's ahead of them, but they're bla- they're deflecting light or right. um, blasters and all this other stuff. Those flourishes mm. and stuff create a light shield basically in front of you by doing that. And that uh, battle, yes, I can see that's they're not needed at all. But, but look, in a large arena battle like that, where people are taking pot shots at you, you kind of have to be able yeah. to flip it around and do all that other stuff. But look at the battle between Obi Wan and Anakin in Revenge of the Sith. I mean, they they do that. They're going at each other. All of a sudden, there's a pause, and both of them are doing spins around the around their body with the sabers and then back at it. I'm like, you can almost, you yeah, can almost why? tie that off to habit. Could be. Cause they're both army, yeah. army generals at that point. Yep. They both right. for years have been fighting multi-person battles all at once. They've not been fighting against Jedi. Well, it's an interesting habit too. Who's to say that also doesn't go back from when they were master and apprentice um, and, 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 and learning Anakin learning the different art forms and, and then just dueling for the sake of dueling. Mm-hmm. But now it's the sabers are set in a, in a way where they will kill. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see that as well. But overall, I mean, but when you look at like old samurai films, where it's based on the realistic samurai, yes, they did the, the flashiness in the beginning just to get warmed up and everything else. But when it came to actual fighting, there it didn't have a lot of the the flourishment. Yeah. Oh, dude, if you watch actual um, kendo and some of the other actual fencing and stuff, there's not a whole lot of movement to it. It's a one or two yeah. strikes. Mm. Someone scores, you step back. Fencing and kendo are totally different sword battles. But it's still, it's um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, a very limited movement. You do just what you need to do to get into there and yeah. do what you got to, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why, I, that's why I like the more European style. Or I've grown to be more of the European style fighter. The broadswords? With the technique. Basically just pointing, it, two guys with pointy clubs. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've always leaned that's funny, more but it's, towards yeah. Japanese. Yeah, it's funny, but that's basically what the the giant, the big broadswords were just giant pointy clubs. Yeah, they were like what 50, 60 pounds sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just but, beat the tar out of the other guy. The, even if we're just talking a regular knight sword or uh, uh, long sword, I mean it. It's more that style of yes, I will. I will do some hand spins with it, but. I mean, I'm not going to get carried away with the flourishments. It's the the strikes are with intent and purpose, and, and I'm not trying to waste energy or exert too much energy. I want to get in, make my strike, and step back mm-hmm. type thing. So, um, we did have two other topics. Uh, one from our friend Anthony, aka a rural farm boy. We're gonna get to his next week. Okay. And then someone asked us yeah. since we are Wookie Radio, let's talk about Wookies. We'll do that the week after 
next. Okay. So okay. Um, I will forward you guys the the voicemail that I got from Anthony, so we can be prepared for next week. He has a great question about the five about the stormtroopers. Hmm. Yeah, it's it'll be fun. I'll I'll forward that over to you guys so you guys have it. So okay. And uh, and I need to edit edit it so I can play it. Um, get to to his question. Um, and Anthony, yes, yours is up next week, buddy promise you um i i wasn't expecting to go as long as we did with uh with scott's but you know great topic great discussion on lightsabers mm-hmm. loved it thank you scott so yeah um final thoughts guys i can cover I got my, through the panels there that i'm still i'm still predicting we're going to get something there's going to be at least one more event thursday night that's not been announced yeah yeah i think there's still stuff not announced yet i'm sure yeah so um Derek, you they said nothing. Scheduled the premiere of Obi Wan without the plan of having something happen for a reason. They, yeah, yeah. There, there's something else there. Gut instinct says there's there's something else happening coming. Yeah. So, uh, no other final thoughts. Nope. Well, there was Chewie's final thought. <laughs> Chewie, you need you need to just speak up more on the show. Sorry, buddy. Um, on that note, then there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2.